0: A lot of people with disabilities don't like to be looked at as inspirational just for living their lives, but it happens a lot. My name is Nate, and that's why this podcast is called We're the Inspiration. On this show, people with disabilities get to tell their own stories, but with me, a wheelchair user, as host, they also control how they're told, which is to say not in a way designed to inspire others. They're just real and hopefully entertaining. On this episode, Greg Pote is back for another installment of what we're calling Greg's List, this time, we're going to be looking straight at ableism. First of all, what's going on, Greg? How you doing?
1: Doing well. How about you, Nate?
0: So far, so good, man. So if you don't know what ableism is, neither did I before I heard people start using the word, but it's discrimination in favor of able-bodied people. So if someone calls you an ableist, it's akin to like a black person calling you a racist. None of that is good, but it happens. And what I've decided is this is going to be the first multi-part episode of the podcast. We're going to be looking at ableism in movies and television shows separately. But before we do that, we want to give you a sense of why we decided to do this episode. Before we do that, though, I want to set the tone by reading a list of tropes or stereotypes that are used in TV and movies to showcase ableism. The number one trope is the angry, bitter, disabled person who is forever angry due to their disability and lashes out at non-disabled people who are just trying to help. The message this sends is being disabled is a miserable existence and we're bitchy, ungrateful people who don't deserve to be saved.
1: We can be bitchy, ungrateful people, but it has nothing to do with our disability.
0: Everybody can be bitchy and ungrateful. You catch them on the wrong day. Here's the second ableism trope. The superhero or savant comes in a lot of flavors from being a genius when everyone thought they were intellectually disabled, or the mystical blind person who sees more than sighted people, or the deaf hard of hearing character who hears things. Now the message this sends is being disabled regardless of disability, is not something you should be happy with. You need to find another redeeming quality in yourself before people like you.
1: I could think of a couple movies just off the of my head, just from that, where that is applied. Okay, let's do it. Pretty much any movie where there's like a, a blind mystic who can, of course, see, you know, into the future or anything like that. Daredevil, the movie. He was blind, but yet he seemed to have like this ultra sense when he was being shot at or something where he wouldn't get hit. It was almost like he could see the bullets, even though he couldn't see anything.
0: I saw that movie a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And I didn't see the Netflix series, at least not yet. I don't know if they did the same thing with this, but in the movie, it almost seemed like there was a sonar type thing, like... You know, he couldn't see, but he could still see because he could hear yeah. something. Yeah, something like that.
1: It was like there was a vision, but without him being able to see. Yeah. Like you said with Sonar, you know, like with bats. Right. And I have seen the Netflix Daredevil. It's been a little while since I've seen it. but I'm, So I'm trying to like remember how it was. and I think it was at least pretty similar to the original movie that was years and years ago.
0: I should probably watch that so we can talk about it, you know, when we do the TV version of this show. This is more to the TV side, but I did see uh, recently the Disney Plus series Hawkeye, which has a deaf character in that.
1: Really? Yeah. I don't have Disney Plus, so I haven't seen that.
0: I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I can talk more about that on the... TV episode if we choose to, but it's a deaf character that's also an amputee. She's missing a foot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of a badass, honestly, but she was one of the villains.
1: (laughs) Well, nothing wrong with a badass villain. No. I mean, it's better than a weak villain. Very true. Yeah. I mean... What's fun about a weak villain if the, you know, the superhero is just going to whoop on them real quick. yeah. You know, there's got to be some kind of a fight.
0: Yeah. So the next trope that we're talking about when we talk about ableist characters, the intellectually disabled character who is childlike and innocent, their innocence and simplicity confers goodness on others around them. The message this sends is intellectually disabled people We're put here on this planet just for you to feel better about yourself and be glad you're not one of them.
1: That's just an insult. There are so many intellectually disabled people out there that don't fit into that
0: stereotype. Sure. They don't put those people in movies, unfortunately.
1: No, because
0: it wouldn't make for a good movie. No. I mean, any sort of normalcy doesn't make for a good movie, right? So... No. Any of us that are living normal lives are probably not going to be in movies.
1: You mean they're not going to make a movie about us?
0: Well, we could, but that that would take some time.
1: (laughs) Make a movie about us making this podcast?
0: Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I want to do that. People would see what I look like and everything. That is very true. Okay, the fourth trope and by the way there are seven of these being disabled is so terrible you're better off dead one of the most harmful and at the same time most popular disability themes in which a disabled person fights for the right to kill themselves while the film encourages audiences to see this wish as rational or even selfless The message this sends is the disabled life is not a life worth living.
1: This one hits home with me, as I feel like it does with a lot of people with disabilities, because out of all the ones that we've gone through, at least so far, this is probably the one that you will see in real life
0: the most. I agree with that to the point where if I know that that's a plot of a movie. I just don't see that movie.
1: Me either. I wouldn't spend even a second of my time on that movie. No. If you even pay even a second of attention, you're basically justifying it.
0: Well, think about the actor's perspective. Like, It makes me wonder how many of these movies are made because people think these are interesting stories or... How many of these movies are made because people need money?
1: I'm not going to lump everyone that's ever done a role like this, but I feel like a lot of people would probably do it purely for the money. Sure. And not through a conscious
0: decision, you know, where they're they're thinking about the role itself. I can't think of any examples, but there is a chance that people would find some beauty in a story like that i can't imagine what it would be but stories like that whether you put them in a movie or put them on paper or whatever are very emotional and unfortunately emotion sells unfortunate in this case emotion drama yeah anything like that where it's
1: like you said out of the norm and unfortunately when it comes to that kind of thing People don't look at it deep enough to see what we're talking about. They just see the story, but
0: not the ramifications of it. Any way you slice it, we're talking about somebody dying here. And not only dying, but choosing to.
1: I think where I have the biggest issue is, you know, suicide. It happens you yeah. know it's it's something that should get discussed but there's discussing it like in a documentary or something and then there's making profit off of that idea
0: it's glorifying it glorifying it exactly there's nothing to be glorified about suicide no Or death in general. No.
1: And that's where I take the issue with it.
0: Me too. So the next trope that involves ableism. Saviorism. This sort of storyline involves a person or persons who band together and save the disabled person from their tragic life. The message this sends is you cannot help yourself. Only non-disabled people can. And look what a good person I am for helping a disabled person. Yay!
1: Woo! I've done my good deed for the day.
0: You know, there are a lot of movies like that too where maybe in the last half hour after things like that happen, the non-disabled person actually learns to like the disabled person for who they are.
1: There's actually a movie... I want to say it was on Hulu. It started Shia LaBeouf. I know that
0: much. And Are you talking about Peanut Butter Falcon?
1: Yes, that one.
0: I haven't seen it yet, but you told me about that. You described it for me. Yeah. And it made me want to see it. I just haven't done so yet.
1: It's a really good movie, but I feel like it also would fall into this category.
0: Did I just describe it pretty much exactly? <laughs> you, you,
1: you, You really did. At the end, they become, like, best friends.
0: But in the beginning, I'm assuming the non-disabled character played by Shia LaBeouf is sort of using the disabled character in a way. It's kind of like, you know, the
1: disabled character kind of falls into his lap, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Not to give too much away about the movie, because I want people to watch it. Right. He's in a, like, adult care facility kind of a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And the lady that's kind of in charge of his care really babies him a lot. That's always nice. And all he wants is to be, you know, a normal adult, have some freedom. The whole thing kind of centers around that. It's almost like two parallel stories. And then, you know, Shia... I don't know how to phrase this without sounding horrible, but basically he uses the disabled guy as kind of like a backpack, you know, He carry my stuff. You can follow me. But at the end of the movie, like Shia sticks up for the guy, you know, says, look, let him be him. If he wants to go on adventures, let him go on adventures and do what he wants to do.
0: Again, I haven't seen the movie, but it sounds like stories like that are pretty commonplace in reality when, It would be easier on everyone if the opposite were true, where more people were just taken at face value. And like, I don't have to earn people's respect because I'm disabled. Right. Right. I'm not saying I shouldn't earn people's respect, but like, don't not respect me because of my disability.
1: You would earn people's respect because you're a human being. Right. Not because
0: of the disability. Okay, I think we're at trope number six... Overcoming the disability. Because being disabled sucks so bad, the only way you can really be happy is to either be dead, see above, or you must find the inner strength to overcome your disability against all odds. The message this sends is living a disabled life is not acceptable. Disabled people could be non-disabled if they just tried harder. I've been told that to my face.
1: So have I. <laughs> many, many times have I been told that. Yep. You know, if I just tried to walk hard, you know, put more effort <laughs> into trying walk. To walk. harder. <laughs> yeah. uh, that didn't come out the way I wanted it. But,
0: but we're keeping it in.
1: Well, you know, like when I was younger, I used crutches. And as I got older, you know, it became more difficult for me. So I opted to use a wheelchair full time. But I've had people go, well, you know, if you just kept using crutches, you know, you could have gotten your legs stronger. And then who knows, maybe you would have been able to walk one day.
0: Okay, people, that isn't how it works. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. (laughs) Now, frankly, I'm a full time wheelchair user myself. Long story short. I used to be able to move my legs and use crutches part-time. Can't move them now because of botched surgery, but here's the thing. If you're on crutches, whether you're able to walk most of the time or not, the objective is not to put weight on your legs. So the idea that walking with crutches is going to make your legs stronger is stupid.
1: It's a very stupid thing, and, and that's <laughs> the other reason I kind of stopped doing physical therapy. Mm-hmm. They wanted to straighten my legs. One, they tried surgery to do that and figured out they physically could not do that uh, because when my legs contracted, so did the veins, and you can't just slice open you know all the veins in your legs, Straight, just you cut know, them straighten them off. It. Right. Yeah. But what is the point of straightening the legs in the first place if I'm going to be in a wheelchair anyway? The only reason i can see is because they're trying to get me to walk but at the end of the day i'm still paralyzed from the waist down
0: ain't gonna happen anyway right not without a miracle we got one more trope institutionalization seriously hollywood what is up with your obsession with institutionalization disabled people have the right to live in their own communities not shut it away in segregated, subpar conditions, which is what usually happens in movies. It's not cute, nor funny, nor interesting. Just stop with the institution storylines.
1: It's not accurate either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are...
1: There are people, but...
0: The well, there, amount- there are people living in, like, assisted living facilities, or some of them live in some sort of rehab center right or some of them are in the hospital a lot but those are extreme examples some of them are yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with assisted living
1: no if that's what ultimately is best for you then you know ultimately it's probably what's going to give you the most freedom for you yeah but the way hollywood does it is they they bring it all to a whole new level they take real life situations and completely blow them out of the water, make them completely unrealistic or things that just wouldn't be the case today.
0: Well, the real story isn't sexy enough. That's the problem.
1: Well, real life's never, never sexy enough. So
0: So next week, we're going to look at a list of movies that fit some of those tropes. So keep those in mind right now. I want to give you an idea of how we came up with this episode. You texted me on Christmas Day. What you texted me was an article that I'm going to put on the Facebook page. It was written that day, or at least published that day, by a woman who has a disability, but I'm not sure what that is. And I'm about to ruin the holidays for a lot of people because it says that one of the most ablest movies is elf now i have never been a big fan of the really over the top silly will ferrell performances i think he's a good actor but when it comes to like the really over the top stuff never been a fan so i am honestly never seen this movie in its entirety until last week You're welcome. Well, I was going to do it anyway. Because I wanted to see why people liked it so much. But according to the article that was written by this disabled woman, all Elf is really doing is making fun of someone with a developmental disability. The more of this movie I watched, the more I actually started to agree with that.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few scenes that you could look at and go, okay, yeah, I see that.
0: Before I give my opinion, I told you I was going to write my own review of this movie because I just saw it, right? Right. I've done that. And I'm going to try not to sound like I'm reading, but here goes. So Elf starts out with this baby being brought to an orphanage, and I guess it's Christmas... Because Santa comes down the chimney of this place. The baby stows away with Santa somehow. They don't say how he did it. He's just not in his crib anymore. Next thing you know, it's decades later. And the kid who stood away is now a man living at the North Pole. And nobody knows what to do with him. So they stick him with the elves to make toys. And he sucks at it. Everybody but him seems to know that he's different from the other elves despite the fact that he's like twice the size of any of them. And they finally tell him he's human and who his dad is. So he goes to find his dad, who's this big children's book publisher in New York. And the guy is still dressed like a giant elf. So when he first meets him, his dad thinks he's crazy. Somehow this guy gets a job as an elf at a mall. They don't show him getting the job. They just show that he has it, but he gets fired for starting a fight with a guy who he knows isn't the real Santa. His dad bails him out, they take a DNA test, and yeah, they're father and son, so the dad has to bring him home at that point. Dad's got another son who doesn't like Buddy the Elf at first either, but eventually they become friends just in time for this big meeting that the dad has, with a children's book writer who happens to be played by Peter Dinklage, who is, at this point, the most famous little person in the world. But this was in 2003, so I don't know if he was that famous back then or not. Buddy interrupts the meeting to tell his dad that he's in love with this girl that he kind of perved on in the shower earlier in the movie, and... Buddy calls the guy his dad's in a meeting with an elf, repeatedly. And here comes the only part of the movie I actually thought was funny, but probably not for the reasons most people did. Peter Dinklage's character beats the crap out of Will Ferrell's character. And yeah, most people are going to go, oh, this guy's half his size, that's funny, What's funny is that Peter Dinklage is doing what we've all dreamed of doing to ableists before. About 15 minutes left in this movie, the dad decides that he cares about Buddy after all. After spending the rest of the movie not giving a rat's ass. Santa crash lands because nobody has Christmas spirit anymore or something like that. And even though Santa says they have to believe and they can't just see me and know it's real... How does the movie end with a full camera crew and audience seeing him? And that's what saved Christmas. That's my review of the movie elf.
1: You got to remember too, at the end, you know, there is the singing, which raises it enough for Santa to get up into the air enough. To, you know, first of all, clear the group of people.
0: <laughs>
1: I kind of touched on that. Yeah. The,
0: the one that's singing is the girl that buddy perved in on in the shower. Yeah. So a couple things, and I read these on IMDb after seeing the movie. Apparently in the original script, the other elves were also making fun of Buddy, which if they did that, and it's a good thing they didn't, because that would have just made this movie all the more ableist, honestly. The other thing that I read was the director, Jon Favreau, who directed the original Iron Man and a bunch of other stuff since then, was observing his one-year-old son. And that's how he determined how Buddy the Elf should behave. And in context, that makes sense, but there's still a disconnect. If a child had done some of the things that Buddy the Elf did, like push all the buttons in an elevator or treat an escalator like it's a toy or like drink an entire two-liter bottle of soda, if a kid did those things, someone would have told him to stop. And nobody told Buddy to stop any of these things. Not till halfway through the movie did his dad even say, look, you should put some clothes on other than that elf outfit. And to me, this is what makes this movie ableist. Because if anybody had told Buddy to stop the things he was doing none of the comedy would have worked. Even though the implication is that he didn't know he was a human, he just needs to learn how to be one. And nobody chooses to teach him how to do anything. That really makes it play out similarly to people making fun of someone for having a developmental disability, because oftentimes those people don't know any better.
1: That's a very good point. I actually never looked at it. In that way. I never read, you know, what it said on IMDb. Well, here's uh,
0: here's the other thing to keep in mind. Like, this movie could not be made today. No. You could not make a movie like that in 2021. Hell no. But that's it, the it point. Would, like, I'm just yeah. seeing it, it for it would the get first so time last week. Yeah,
1: it would get so much
0: backlash. Well, it would get backlash for the things I just mentioned. And right. I never saw it because... I kind of expected those things to be in it just from how Will Ferrell was acting in the commercials. Because, you know, people might have thought it was funny at one time, but it's less acceptable for a grown man to act like that because there is going to be backlash to it.
1: Right. People aren't going to just stand there and accept him the way he is yeah. and, you know, let him just act the way he was acting in the movie. Someone would have said something in real life.
0: So I said before, this is going to be the first multi-part episode of the podcast because we've still got to tackle specific movies and TV shows with ableism in them. But this was enough to get us started. I want to thank Greg for being on the show this week. He knows he's always welcome whenever he has an idea, and this was his idea because he's the one that gave me the article about Elf. Thanks to everybody else for listening. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, join our Discord server, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Links will be in the description. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.